0: Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do The Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. I'm here today with Craig Christensen, and so happy to have you here, Craig. Thanks for coming. I'm delighted
1: to be here. Thank you.
0: So glad you're here. I'm going to read your bio, because I really like it, and then, and then I'll Although tell you. Although you might want to really do the short version. I know. This is the very short version. Okay. Craig's been married for 42 years, um, raised six teenagers, and he still likes them all, which, which is quite an accomplishment.
1: <laughs> Let me just call that out. <laughs> it
0: is. Graduated from Brigham Young University with a bachelor's degree, worked on Wall Street for two years, then graduated with an MBA. Yep. Uh, your first job was in commercial real estate developing in Phoenix. Yep. Great. And then you moved back to Provo in 1991 to work with Stephen R. Covey for 10 years. Did he recruit you back or did you he, come? He
1: did. Well, I actually went to business school with his son, oh, Stephen okay. M. R. Covey, and that's what uh, brought me brought me back here. Never thought we'd come back. Like couldn't wait to leave, program, yeah. get to the real world, and <laughs> we came back. It, it felt a little awkward.
0: Came, did it feel awkward? Yeah,
1: at the <laughs> time. Now it feels wonderful, Love Yeah. It.
0: Hence, you're running for city council.
1: Well, there is that. <laughs> okay.
0: Good. <laughs> okay. Uh, in 2000, uh, you became an entrepreneur. So you left uh, Covey. Yeah. To become an entrepreneur, and you have you had four different companies. The first was a complete breakdown.
1: Yes, it was lost
0: your life savings. Yes, I did. My (laughs) wife still
1: hasn't forgiven me for that. Really? Yeah. It was just a a total flop. Uh, it's so ambitious. We were about six years ahead of the technology (laughs) and it was such a good idea and it was just a complete breakdown.
0: Okay. The second was a break even.
1: Yeah. That, that one was with Spencer Johnson, the author who wrote, who moved my cheese? Oh yeah. Uh, one minute manager. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was a good thing, but you know, it didn't, Didn't make a lot of money. Didn't lose any money. That was a plus. My (laughs) wife was really happy about that. And uh, it's kind of a break even, but a good experience.
0: And then finally a breakout where you became, tell me what that is. Inc. 500 Inc. Five
1: hundred does the fastest growing companies in North America each year, a list. And we were number 383 or something like that. Wow. And um, it was a sales consulting uh, business. If you're in sales consulting, you better be doing something right. Yeah. And our growth was just blistering and we, we made it onto the Inc 500 and then we sold that to, uh, the Franklin Covey company.
0: And then after that, what have you been doing?
1: So then after that, I've had a leadership uh, practice, oh. consulting practice, uh, since then. And, uh, I continue to do much of the same things, just without the stress. Because you get to decide. I get to decide. Yeah. So uh, no employees, no, just uh, work together with some other contractors and we take on the work, clients that are good to work with. So I get to be a bit choosier.
0: That's so great. And we're not here to talk about, how, well, we could talk about all of all of your business strategies and the ways that you've built your companies and not build them, but uh, where you've succeeded and failed. But really, I wanted you to come and chat today because- I've had a personal experience. Your wife, Susan, is one of my dear friends. And correct me if I'm remembering this wrong, Craig, but uh, about almost two years ago, she came to me and said, Hey, maybe I had asked you a question about something. Um, I can't remember, but she just came to me and said, Craig would be willing to help you with your business. Would you like some help? Is that am yeah, I remembering that? that
1: that's accurate. <laughs>
0: I, I and I was like, really. Yes. Yes. I want help. And I didn't even know what I, what I really needed, but I just, she said, give him a call. He's more than he's happy to help you. And so I chatted with you that first time. I said, Oh, I don't think I can afford you. And you said, no, you can't, you can't afford me.
1: <laughs> I remember the conversation,
0: <laughs> And you, you said, I want you to pay it forward. I want you when you've learned some things and you have um, the ability to help someone else. Ah, oh, that yeah. felt so sweet to me. Yeah. So sweet. So genuine, so generous.
1: Well, and I have to tell you, it's, um, it's always, it always serves me, uh, when I have the opportunity to do those. So even working with you over the last several years, it's been so amazing to see the growth and the development, the commitment, the, uh, the risk, the willingness to be courageous. We, we just don't see enough of that. And so mm-hmm. to be able to see the inside of of your business and what you're doing and struggling with was just remarkable for me. You know, I, I I love those calls.
0: Craig, thank you for saying that. Truly. Craig has been on a mission with Susan through all this. And I would get a text from him. Hey, Susan says that we to check in with you. Are you doing okay? And <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't describe it actually how grateful I am. And that's what I, I want to talk today because normally I'm in the place of the coach and I'm the one sitting and talking to the person like you can do, okay, here, why are you thinking that way? Or there's another option. There's, you know, have you looked at it this way? And in our relationship here, it's switched. And, and in fact, all the time I want to say, I already know that. Like, I tell people this. In fact, I think I do tell you <laughs> that all the, the time. I the same thing. Yes, yes. It's true. I tell people this. But when it's my fear, when it's my uh, shame messages, when it's the vulnerability that I'm feeling, yeah. it's a totally different experience.
1: Yeah, that's so true for all of us. I can't tell you how many times. Uh, so working with Stephen Covey was such a gift because I had the chance to learn from... The man mm-hmm. and, um, his body of work, his family, his, everything about him is just so remarkable. So to work with him up close and to face all those same doubts and concerns. And am I, uh, you know, I can't step in for Stephen Covey and yet in a lot of situations I would have to. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. You can teach people, uh, you know, uh, to be brave, to be courageous, to actually do it yourself is a whole different thing. So even in talking to you in our coaching sessions, I I identify with all of the things that you're dealing with and it's just so helpful. Feedback is such a critical thing and we don't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. I I was impressed that you actually wanted to hear some feedback. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't. We say we do. We really don't. Yeah. But we we need to get to the point where we crave feedback, where we, we seek it out and we're curious enough not to assume that we know. We actually assume we don't know. We stay curious enough to actually dive in and find out. And that's what I always loved about you. Uh, you, you always remain curious. You always pursue whether it feels good or not. The courage to just keep going.
0: Thank you. I, when you said we should, we should crave feedback. I believe we live in a world where we learn to, to avoid, to fear, to, Like if someone has feedback, that means I'm not good or I'm not okay at what I'm doing. And ultimately from my, from my frame of work, I'm not enough. Right. I don't, then I must not be okay. And you telling me week after week and month after month, Christy. Call people, ask them what they think of this. I invite people. In fact, I thought of this this just the other day. The podcast that we released this week is with Jim MacArthur. And I loved it so much. And I thought, I want to send this to everybody. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't be saying, hey, you guys, good podcast right here. And then I thought, I'm meeting with Craig today. I'll send it after we talk. (laughs) Because that's that's always what would happen, is I would talk to you. And you would remind me. So one of my favorite things to help a client understand is we're here to learn, grow and progress. Yes. We're not here to prove that we're great or even that we're good. We're here to learn, grow and progress. And that's what you did for me. Every time we talked was, Hey, are you learning? Are you growing? Are you progressing? I've written down several. I would type furiously when we would meet together. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, you know, we, cause we just had phone sessions. Yes. I would be on my computer and I would just try and type what you would say. It it was so impactful for me. And so I have a list of Craigisms that you shared with me and that really one-liners that just moved me, um, literally moved me. Physically, I felt like I could move myself. So probably the first one I remember telling my mother that you had told me that she's like, for heaven's sakes, why would he say that? (laughs) You said to me, me, Christy, you've got to fail faster. Yeah, you have to fail faster, and yes. that, and again, seek feedback, fail faster. Those were not; those yeah. are a natural response. Tell me. Well, it,
1: it it makes sense. We we love to think highly of ourselves to create kind of a barrier wall. Being vulnerable is very difficult, and to crave feedback, you you've got to be vulnerable. Mm. And with vulnerability comes curiosity, and with curiosity comes the desire to really seek what's, so what's real? What are people perceiving? Whether you agree or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone could be totally off, you could just, you should still say thank you for the feedback. Yeah. And I don't mean superficial feedback. Like how does my hair look today? No. I mean like, am I doing the right things? Is what we're talking about today meaningful? Is the time we're spending accruing to something? And this idea of failing faster is all about improvement. My whole obsession in life is helping others improve. Mm -hmm. And that ability to be a catalyst and to to help facilitate people's improvement requires that they break out of um, shells and you're continually breaking barriers and shells and, and walls that don't really exist. And so the idea of failing faster is you're going to fail. Good. Get used to it. Do it often. And with that quick failing, don't keep failing your whole life, but anytime you start something, especially something new, Uh, Christy, I remember that talking about podcasting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long ago, a couple years ago uh-huh. and it was just overwhelming. And you were thinking, ah, oh, you've got this great opportunity and someone who wanted to help produce them. And as someone who was just generous and said, great, let's do it. And you were, you're like, I, I don't know what to do and I couldn't move. You, you, I was like frozen. You were paralyzed. <laughs> now you went from that to here we are. This yeah. is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, this, this is a testament of failing faster. Show me anyone who's accomplished something meaningful and they could actually document all the fails. I mean, I've I've learned to just get comfortable with failing because it's going to happen daily. And instead of looking at it as a judgment, I look at it as if I'm not failing, I'm not really trying. I'm not really pushing. I have to tell you it's a it's a good part of why I went in decided to run for political office. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams thought I would run for a political office. I was always grateful when people did. Yeah. You know, I yeah. always said, hey, I'm behind you. We need good people. I'm behind you. We need good people. But the idea of doing it yourself. And as we got back from Croatia uh, serving a mission, I was all excited about starting a new consulting practice, a coaching practice. And I just felt so strongly that I needed to run for office. And it was like, where did that come from? And it would not leave. Mm-hmm. And I felt impressed. And day after day, it would not go away. Mm. I have to tell you, I don't have any political ambitions in my entire body. Mm. I checked. <laughs> They're not there. Like, no <laughs> political ambitions. So to, to run for office. So then it's like, okay, so how do you do that? How do you raise money? Well, how do you get people to support you? You need those signs in your yard. And I have pushed out of every comfort zone I've known. You go up and ask strangers. Uh, I know. To vote for you. And then And then donate and then (laughs) wear your t-shirt. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, it pushes every barrier that you had. And so I thought, you know, if, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. So I have no idea how this turns out. You know, I don't get to decide that. I do know that I need to run with everything I have. And wow. uh, I'm learning all about failing faster. Mm. So it's not just a uh, bumper sticker uh, to me. It's a meaningful way to engage with the world.
0: So, so good. I remember you telling me. So thank you for sharing that. To me, there's almost nothing that's more inspiring than to hear someone who's been, that has succeeded in the things that they've worked hard at than for them to say like, no, this wasn't easy. No, this wasn't just like a, you know, a clear path to right where I was going. I remember you telling to me, cause I said, um, at times I have this imposter syndrome, like I feel afraid. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I've had it. I, of course. And I mean, you felt that
1: I, I have absolutely felt that. In fact, after, so after I sold our, we sold our, our company, my our business partner, I sold our company. You're in a position where you can get to, you get, I get to choose what I, what I do. So I started thinking about, so what do I want to do? And I started reflecting on my career and I started thinking, you know, I'm not sure. I've had an original thought in the last 10, 15 years. And I started going back. I started thinking about it, working with Steven. Um, the reason I think I saw some success is I became a Stephen parrot. Yeah. And so I would say really cool things like you can't talk your way out of problems you behave your way into. <laughs> and people would like drop their pencils and go, Oh, and I would go. Yes. And I remember one situation where I was listening to Steven speak in a, in a ballroom of people. And he used one of my lines. And everyone laughed and I thought, that was my line. That was my line. (laughs) And at first I was like, and he didn't give me any credit. He didn't even look at me wink or nothing. And I thought, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh, that was his line. And I'd used it so many times. (laughs) I thought it was mine. And I realized, then Uh -uh. I went to work with Mahan Khalsa, one of the premier thinkers in sales. And, and helping clients succeed and having an, an orientation to serving clients first. And I mean, it's it's very in sync with uh, Seven Habits that Stephen taught. And I became a parrot of Mahan. Mm. And so I would say really brilliant things. And then when I would unpack it, I'd realize, oh, that was, that was his. Mm. And so, you know, a few years ago, I started thinking, well, what do I want to do? Mm. And I realized I had lived with imposter syndrome most of my professional career. Mm-hmm. thinking that someone was going to stand up and go, Hey, that's mm-hmm. not you. Yeah. That's I've heard Steven say, or I've heard Mahan say, it. And just living with that fear of that. I'm, I'm not good enough. I need to be better. And no, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it's a bad thing. It's just, uh, in terms of realizing that I think it's just bad to stay there yeah. because it was helpful for me to think about, you now what, what do I think? And it was like, Oh man, um, that requires some deep thought.
0: Yes, what do I think? and am I willing to let go of this th- that shame message that yes, oh, what if pe- what will people think of you and how will this be received? and just be authentic and genuine moving forward, failing yes. faster. I'm trying to, th- you know, I'm trying to picture the different individuals who would be listening to this podcast. It might be a mother driving her children, you know, to the park for the summer, or it might be the CEO driving to work. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think we feel sh- that's what shame does. Shame comes in and says, you're not enough. And if anybody knew yeah. what, you know, inside of They'd you, right? Call you like out. <laughs> exactly. call you out
1: And you'd be embarrassed in front of all your friends at the same time. That's exactly right. And that does not happen. It simply doesn't happen. It's an unfounded fear. And so that idea of realizing I'm going to fail, I'm going to make mistakes in relationships. And that's what Susan has been. My my wife is just so good. I make all kinds of mistakes. I never worry about it. Like tanking the relationship or she's gonna I just worry about learning about it and self-correcting as fast as I can. It's kind of like (laughs) that in, in relationships. It's, I don't expect perfection from her. She doesn't from me. Because we, we get after it in terms of like fixing and cleaning up yeah. whatever we've done. yeah. And so I don't feel the need to be perfect. I just feel the need to be aware and clean up my messes quickly.
0: It's so beautiful. So one of the one-liners that you gave me is the spirit of improvement isn't beating yourself up. It's moving it from a club to a spirit of encouragement. It's, it's a, you just basically, what you just said there, like, if you're just beating yourself yes. up, if Susan were to say, Hey, you did this and it hurt my feeling, you're like, I'm the worst. I know I'll never be better. I'm such a loser. Yeah. And so, yeah. Sorry you married me 43 <laughs> yeah. years later, 42 years later, right? Yes. It's never helpful. What you've told me in different ways as I, it, through my business, and you're saying personally, just that willingness to recognize you're going to make mistakes. Yes. And you're willing to clean all of them up. Yes.
1: And, and just, and just get it, just make it a part of who you are instead of this artificial barrier of perfection. It's such a, such a damning thing in the literal meaning of damming and stopping it. Like when you dam a Creek or a river, you, you impede and prevent the progression, the flow. Mm-hmm. And we do that with perfection. Perfection is such a great dam because it keeps us from exploring and, and course correcting and learning and, and being curious. Instead, we try to curate curate perfection. Mm. And it just messes us up.
0: You said to me once, masterpieces are not the standard. They are the exception. Oh my
1: goodness. How true is that? Right. (laughs) Um,
0: Because I was always trying to create a masterpiece. Like, oh, I can't get it out (laughs) unless it's perfect. You know, I I didn't even use the word perfect. I just couldn't, I would get stuck.
1: Yes. One of my favorite examples of that is Chris Rock, uh, Chris, the comedian. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you watch him, you just think this guy is hilarious. Well, actually not so much. Mm-hmm. He's extremely practiced. When before he does like an HBO uh, you know, special, a 2-hour special. Mm-hmm. He'll he works out at a place called um the Stress Factory in New, New Jersey. It's a comedy club. Great name, on huh? Stress mm-hmm. Factory. Yeah. And what he does, he takes a a, a pad of paper and he stands and people go, "Oh, Chris Rock, this is great." And they sit in and then he he tries some lines and like no response. So he says, All right, I'm not going to use that one. Really? And then he'll go through another one. How about this? And then there'll be a chuckle. And if there's, and if he sees more chuckles and night after night, so they start out really pedantic and like, that's not even very funny. In fact, someone once, he once said that someone told him, You're not even funny tonight. He said, Well, and you didn't even pay to get in tonight. So shut up. (laughs) It's 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 the same kind of thing. The only way to get really good is you have to do those. night after night after night. And so he'll do two months of that before he actually gets into a riff and routine. And then if you watch his performance, he is so good that you actually think he's spontaneous. I saw um, a special once that actually took clips of him in New, New Jersey, him in New York, him in all these different places. And they would splice in and out and you couldn't, there was not a, he'd never missed a word or a beat. It was so flawlessly memorized that he could be totally spontaneous with it. I mean, that's the height of doing it. But yeah. it was only with a lot of failures.
0: The masterpiece didn't the, the, come. The first, no, you know, no, he didn't just no, sit. No. He didn't just create it. No, he,
1: no, no, masterpieces evolve, and sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But the but the idea is again to be curious enough to even be willing to explore.
0: Yes, and to to move past that you know, imposter syndrome or the fear or whatever it is. Yes. Curious is great. And sometimes we just get completely stopped by our fear. We do. And then what I would say to a coach and what you, I mean, to a client and what you have said to me so many times, like, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. And when I actually verbalize it, yeah. I, I sort of just want to like sink down into my chair. Like, well, I don't know, maybe that, you know, it's, I can hear it. Yes. But when it's just in my head rolling, yes. it feels very valid.
1: Well, and I have to tell you, uh, it, you know, so running for political office, yeah. I told my daughter, I said, you know, when you interview for a job, you interview for maybe one per with maybe one person, or maybe it's a group interview and there's five. Yeah. Well, for this job, I actually print signs with my name on it. <laughs> Post them around the city. It's so vulnerable. And then I win by popular vote. <laughs> like what is what's more vulnerable than that? Yes. And that's the that's the idea of being able to push back those insecurities. I mean, those voices in my I've got the same voices. And they're saying, Craig, you could lose. Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to be able to say, I certainly can. And that may not be the masterpiece. Yeah. I certainly intend to win, but I don't get to decide that. Yeah. So yeah, these masterpieces mm. evolve, and they mm. only evolve after great effort and uh, great willingness to work.
0: Well, another thing you said to me is, if you want deep insights, you have to do deep work. <laughs> <laughs> do you love me re- repeating back to you? Well, it takes things. me
1: back to our conversations. This is great, <laughs> and but you know it's so true. We uh, we all want to have deep insights. We want to do uh, you know to think deeply the challenges in order to do that, you have to do deep work. Now, Cal Newport wrote a book called deep work mm-hmm. and I found it very inspiring because we live in an age of distraction. We've got more information now. Um, in fact, it's a, it's, it's a complete onslaught uh, for our attention. The, the challenge now is to be focused. And so in deep work, he talks about that ability to turn off all distractions and actually think about a topic or something you're writing about or studying for a period of time for 45, 50, 60 minutes. And man, that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried, like set a timer and said, I'm turning everything off. I'm not going to get up and get a drink of water. I'm going to sit here at the desk. I'm going to crank this out. That is difficult to do. It's a skill that you develop. Mm -hmm. And with that skill of doing deep work, you get out of the shallows of just superficiality. Mm -hmm. You know, the ridiculous conversations um, where, where people haven't actually thought they're just spouting what they heard on the news. Mm-hmm. Instead of reading deeply from great writers and, and great thinkers and great theologians and philosophers, mm-hmm. they, they stay quagmired in just the, the muck of the shallows. Mm-hmm. Part of what he's talking about in the book is, so how do you get into the deep, you know, deep understanding and deep knowledge because that's where you'll start having epiphanies. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you've got to be able to do the work. That's why I love the name of your podcast. Mm -hmm. Because without the willingness to make that habitual, Mm -hmm. it doesn't become a skill. Mm -hmm. Doing the work is a skill. Mm -hmm. It's not like, "Ah, I'm a worker, I'm not. It's not Mm -hmm. binary, you know, like, well, I Mm -hmm. am. It's actually, I'm a little worker. I'm a bigger worker, I'm a bigger worker. No, I am a worker. I'm a stronger, I'm I'm a deeper. I'm committed. You know, it's (laughs) it's, uh, it's, uh, something that you actually grow, like a muscle. Mm -hmm. So doing the work on a regular basis personally, professionally, whatever it is, it requires you to be able to focus and to uh, to move out of fear, to move out of projection of what people think, and just be able to focus in on what's most important to you.
0: Oh, You're reminding me of a conversation that we had where, so I believe naturally and through work and uh, through hard work, actually, I have learned how to communicate with people in a way that makes me Effective as a life coach with someone, I was telling you when we were talking, you're like, well, and you know there's this space and this space in a business and this space and I'm like oh, I said I remember clearly because I was crying on the other end of the phone I don't know if you could tell i I'm not good at those things i'm not I'm not good at that that's not my strength my I kept wanting to remind you this is what my strength is, and it's like you were trying to move me out of this place that I had put myself permanently like this is all I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn. I'm not, even though I can teach it, I'm not, I, I didn't even see it as me kind of just standing and saying, don't make me be uncomfortable. And, and you said to me, how much longer do you want to believe that? And I was like, I I was probably (laughs) mad at you is what I was. (laughs) And also so touched at your willingness to be honest And say to me, Hey, Christy, you're self-limiting. Like you don't have to stay where you are. Yeah. That's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so easy to think, well, I'm, I'm good at doing this. I need to do more of this. And I think there is goodness in that. Yes. Become stronger at your strengths. And there's oftentimes adjacencies next to that, that you need. So as a life coach, you could stay as a life coach and doing what you, you're a great coach, Christy. Um, You've had a chance to work with friends and family um, you've got this dialed in and it would be easy to stay there. It's a big risk to say, and I'm also going to become a content creator and I'm going to create my own content mm. because then well, what if people don't like it again? What if I fail? And you will, uh, mm-hmm. just like Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need, uh, to get into communication like, uh, you know, podcasts, See that's a whole day. How do you produce them? How do you get them out there? How do you, how do you promote them? I see all of these things require you to stretch and unless you're willing to step in and do it you stay in that narrow place and define yourself and it just gets narrower and narrower and narrower instead of becoming more full and more rounded and with more greater impact mm. so you're you're a great example of mm. doing this
0: you said always measure backwards where have i been over the last 3 weeks the last month the last 5 years what have i learned and what have i gained and what you just were saying there uh, thank you for your kindness, by the way, but as humans, we're almost always um, comparing or competing with people. Frankly, we don't even know generally yes. Yes. and we don't have any idea what's going on in it, it's, their it's, real it's life. In our experience. DNA to do that. Yes. Well, you actually said the brain is checking with itself four or five times a second to see if it's safe. Yes. Is it safe? Is it safe? You said humans are made this way. Yes. And so, Measuring backwards.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's not my, I got that from uh, a great book called the gap and the gain. It's just so good. Yeah. And he talks about how easy it is to focus. There's two authors and they, they talk about how easy it is to focus on what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Like you see, like, well, think about now you've got things that you've set goals for and you haven't done it yet. That's why it's a goal. That's why it's still in the Mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. And so we constantly focus on these gaps and part of what they're recommending is, you know, you need to look back over your shoulder and see what you've done. I have to tell you, this is one of the best practices that I've adop- adopted. Both Susan and I, every Sunday, this is just part of our routine. On huh? Sunday mornings, uh, we plan. We try to choreograph the week. Otherwise, it's like this really awkward trapeze act that doesn't come together, and no one's there to catch you, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you fly through the air. So we do we do some we do some planning and organizing of the week. We always do a gratitude journal. And we say, what were the gains from this past week? And so they don't have to be like you won the Pulitzer Prize. They could be things like um, you know, had lunch with you know uh, your uh, your son. You you had uh, we had a, a memorable uh, date. We did this. We got good news about and and we just start listing it. We come up with five, six, seven. The list starts going on. By the time you you start looking at it, you go, wow, that was a great week. And it's focusing on the gain instead of saying, as we look forward, Oh, I still haven't taken care of the taxes. We need to get this done. That medical bill needs to get paid. We've got this. And and so it's all about the focus. So if you really want to know how you're doing, turn over your shoulder, look back over the last week, make a list. And I'm telling you, you're going to look at it and say, wow, I've really done some good things. Mm. And that makes all the difference in Mm. terms of how you move forward
0: it's really really good. Thank you. So I have clients and myself I will put myself right in there that want to change, want to make changes in their life. They they want to do things different. They recognize that some of their behaviors are hurtful to them and to the people that they love. And often what I will hear is I just I've tried so many times, I can't. I just I can't change. And you know, I look at you and Susan, and I think you're probably two of the most disciplined people I know. Were you born disciplined? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you just come out like, let me organize well, the toys? Well, I don't know.
1: Uh, for everyone listening, it's a low bar she's talking
0: about. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, um, it's actually not. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I, I think people do have some dispositions mm-hmm. kind of just naturally. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, my father was in the, uh, was in the air force. And so kind of a military background. My mother was a stickler, seven kids, Mm -hmm. you know, under the age of, you know, 15. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) so she had order. So I grew up with order and discipline Mm -hmm. Uh, and that doesn't help when you get older and you don't need the discipline, keeping the discipline. yeah. You know, when people talk about their, they can't change Mm -hmm. and I, cause I hear that a lot as well, Mm -hmm. the root is usually not that they can't change they're not willing to let go of certainty. Mm. You see, they have certain beliefs, certain things that become rigid for them. The danger with certainty is that it it actually erases two key human attributes. Empathy, where you have the ability to actually understand what someone else is feeling and and Mm -hmm. experience it with them. Whether you agree or disagree, you can experience Mm -hmm. it with them. And imagination, where you can actually picture something different. So when you're certain, and whether it's a political certainty or a religious certainty, I know that, and you lock yourself into, or a belief about yourself, I'm just not good at that. That certainty keeps away the two, the two elements that you need to unlock that and to kind of pull that apart a little bit so that you can actually try some things. Mm. And so at the, I believe at the heart of, of that is really just lack of curiosity and willingness to explore. So anytime I hear that, as I share with people, you know, what I've just shared with you, mm-hmm. I ask them, so what are you not willing to explore? Mm-hmm. What is, what's off limits for you? And then you can start kind of pulling it apart. Mm-hmm. But until then, it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. Instead of a willingness to try and fail.
0: Well, and as you say that, the uncertainty, it's almost, because generally speaking, when someone wants to change and they don't, they're not in a happy, it's not like, Hey, I'm all, it's all good. I'm it's fine. Perfect. I'm doing yeah. good. I'm yeah. the top of my game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, they're saying like something's hurting. This doesn't, yes. but when you said the word uncertainty, I love that because it's almost like, I know this pain, yes. but I'm afraid of what stretching or letting go of the uncertainty, the vulnerability, that, that discomfort I'm afraid of that and I I love that word just that word where you said it's it's uncertainty yeah so so insightful I'm a believer that change is hard do you believe it or do you have a different I I, for some reason I feel like you would say how long do you want to believe that Christy
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's not fair well I'd have to answer it on two different ways um is the nature of change uh I would say challenging absolutely yeah Yeah, of course. Yes. Now what makes it hard is when we become rigid and we're not willing to fail because anytime we come close to failure, then all of a sudden it's a personal identity, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh my, what's the matter with me? And we go into all causes of shame and the other things and blaming and, So, uh, is it challenging? Yes. Does it have to be hard? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't any more than mowing the lawn. It doesn't have to be hard. Now it's monotonous. It's really hot sometimes. Mm -hmm. You get those grass stains on your shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, doesn't have to be hard. Again, you could actually look at it like, all right, so how could I do this in a way that I don't get grass stains? I do it in the evening when it's cool. And again, if you got curious and creative, some imagination, you could address those, but we just get so rigid. That we don't we don't try.
0: No, oh, thank you for that. That is, yeah, and and the rigidity often comes from fear of what yes. it, what it will mean, right? Like yes. I'm just going to be stuck right here yes. because I'm afraid of what it will, you know. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of succeeding. Whatever yes. fear, fear can be so loud. Um, you said to me, just because you can do that doesn't mean you should. Oh. Yeah. One time, yeah. Yeah. which was so helpful for me because just to stop myself and say how am i choosing to spend my day what am i what, what do i value again all things i teach i mean if my clients are listening to this they're like what yeah. you're i mean you're listening but yes the answer is always yes, yes. i am so human and have the same shame and fear and, and learning right along with we everyone that I'm you know, working with. We all do. But that phrase, just because you can do it, doesn't mean you should. Yeah,
1: you know, We have so many opportunities. Um, running a business as an entrepreneur, it's one of your biggest challenges. You're starting a company. You could be all things mm-hmm. and you don't have the resources and you've got to choose wisely. And, mm-hmm. and you learn very quickly just because we can do that at a personal level, just because you can make money. Should you? Mm. I loved, um, you know, the psychology of the book, the psychology of money. He talks about the moving goalposts and how we have a goal to, I want to make a million dollars. And when you make, once you make a million, well, I want to make three. And once you make three, I need to make 10. And instead of actually going across the finish line and saying woohoo I scored. I'm good. Yeah. We keep moving the goalposts further Mm -hmm. and further away. And so you see a lot of people as they get to the, towards the end of their most productive part of their careers, and then retiring and like just doing nothing. Yeah. They should be actually just pushing further and like, what can I do now? How do I contribute? I mean, it's a a great opportunity for contribution. Yes. But just because you can uh, continue in this job, continue in this relationship, continue making money, continue uh, being a life coach and just that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you should. And that ability to actually step back and say, is this my best and highest use? What, what can I possibly be missing? And that's where without feedback from others that you know and love and trust, Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't have a clue. And that's when other people say, Christy, you should be doing a podcast. (laughs) More people need to hear this. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't do enough coaching calls to cover as many people you can Mm -hmm. on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so your willingness to listen to that is a great example of just because you can't, doesn't mean you should. And if it is something you should do, you should go all in and be willing to do the, the mundane, boring, daily um, stuff of trying and failing and just figuring out. M- my whole mindset in working with clients is, are you directionally correct? I was talking to a young man. He's in his young 30s. And he was like, well, I've got a job. I've accepted it. It's coming up in two weeks. And I don't know now. And he's over-ruminating and he's overthinking it. And it was, I said, well, can we just time out for a second? Because he said, well, there's so many other opportunities I could do. And he then named like five other things he could be doing. I said, well, let's just pause for a second. First of all, it sounds like you've chosen this and you told him, yes, you're going to start in two weeks. (laughs) So maybe you go ahead and do that for now. And instead of looking through the lens of, are there a lot of other things we could do? How about if you look through the lens of gratitude? Like, what are you really grateful for? And, and I asked him just to share with me. And he said, well, I'm, I'm grateful in this new job. I'll make more money. I'll be able to save more. I'll and I said, and wouldn't that give you more opportunity in the future? So it's all about the sequencing. So yeah. all of the things he was talking about, he's talented enough. He'll do them all. Mm-hmm. Not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that gets in our way as well. Mm. Because
0: we want to do, we, we want yeah. to make sure we're, get, we're doing all the
1: good things. Yes. Well, look how much people on you know, Facebook are doing. I mean, this, this curated medium of, uh, of, overstimulation where, you know, like, look, everyone's got a huge, perfect family. Well, you know that cause they're smiling, right? <laughs> um, you know, everyone's got their huge, perfect family and everyone's got, you know, it looks like they're wealthy and they're driving nice cars and it just goes on and on. And instead of the realities of what's really there, we, we look at the su- the, the, the superficial. So that ability to come back to, Yes, you could be doing a lot of things, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. It has always been helpful to me to just get dialed into what's really most critical right now in this sequencing.
0: I love what we're talking about. I love it so much because so often when um, someone comes to chat with me, they're overwhelmed. They're unsure how to move forward. I get, I hear a lot of, I don't really like to make decisions and I, um, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I don't want to mess with that. You know, I don't want to cause any conflict inside of this relationship or that. And as you speak, it's not a, is this right or wrong? It's, these are just facts. These are just places to kind of ground yourself, to put your feet and, and say, hold on. Like, let me run these thoughts through just some solid foundational principles
1: and truth. Yeah, and I love to. I I hear the same thing, you know. Well, I I don't want to fail. I don't want to hurt this person's feeling. I don't want to yeah. offend them. It's like, well, you already are. Yeah, <laughs> you already are. So let's just let's get over that. Yeah, and let's focus on really what's in front of us. And again, it, you start pulling those things back, you can see the real things instead of just the phantoms that project so loudly. Yeah,
0: great. As we t- as you're sharing, and I've felt this as you and I have talked, but you work. On large with large scale businesses, I mean, you're you're in the top spaces in businesses. I'm generally working one-on-one with an individual, and we are talking about the same things. Yes, it's it's pretty similar, isn't it? it? Is when human when you're human, yes, it,
1: it could be a, a Fortune 500 CEO. Mm-hmm. It could be the CEO of you know uh, coaching Le with Christie. <laughs> or whatever. yeah. And, uh, I loved your interview, uh, J dogs, uh, yeah. a great example. Yeah. I mean, what, what a tremendous success story and all of the pain and grief and failing. And, and it's just about staying directionally correct. And you, you, you narrow in that, that field of what you're involved in, but you don't start that way. Mm-hmm. You sequence that way. You, you start wide and you start figuring out what works and doesn't work without that willingness to, to, to be courageous enough to fail without the ability to really focus in on what's most important, mm-hmm. um, you're just not open to succeeding. You just won't. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're constantly um, frustrated that things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. For
0: you. At the end of every podcast, I want to know what, if someone was driving, you know, to their grandmas and listening to this podcast, what one thing could they do this week to do the work, to do emotional work, to do physical, whatever it is. What, what's one thing I'm going to start and answer that question. I'm going to say, find your strength and then be willing to share it with other people. Your willingness to, to say, Hey, tell your friend, Susan, that I'm willing to help her. I I don't have words to express. I'm serious. I've been, it's been a tough year for me personally in different ways. And it's almost like when I would get off the phone with you, it's like, well, for heaven's sakes, I can do this. I can do my personal life. I can do my business life. And all because you were willing to take your strengths, to take what you've learned and say, I'm happy to help you if you'd like some help. So that's my one thing is think in your life. You may be fantastic at making pies. Call the young person that lives next to you or the old person and say, I know you love pies. I'd love to teach you yeah. in whatever space that is. So that's my one thing this week. What's yours, Craig?
1: Well, it would be close to that. It would be be willing to do one incredibly small thing that you will fail at today. Oh. Just one. Uh, I told my mother once that I'd, I'd set some goals. I needed to be, I wanted to work on upper body strength. And I said, so I set a goal for pushups. She said, oh, that's good. And I said, yeah, my goal is one pushup a day. We were eating at dinner. She actually spit out her food. She said, oh, Craig, that's not going to help you. I said, no, Ma, you don't have to stay there. But my my goal is to do at least one at least one now while you're down there it feels silly not to crank out 10 25 (laughs) or do 40 or and someone is like i don't feel like this and i'll crank out one yeah so my advice would be be willing to do one small thing that you're willing to fail at
0: today Mm. thank you craig thank you so much for being here you'll have many choices in your day and in your week craig and i hope you'll choose to do the work If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience or ask me a question, go to coachchristie.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.